0: Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, a podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to recap the very first fall series match against Washington Spirit featuring Chicago Red Stars. It was a 2-1 loss, guys, but to be honest, winning is overrated. What's more important is looking cool and the Red Stars did some cool stuff within this match, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit. There's a lot of things to unpack in between the lines. Couldn't do that alone. No one could ever do anything alone. So I'm here tonight with my friend, homie and colleague, Claire Watkins, AKA The Scam Originator. How are you doing tonight, Claire? good, yeah, I enjoyed this game a lot, actually. You know, when we finally got to watch it, because this game was the First game on Twitch? Am I getting that? Incorrect?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this first, be-
0: first um,
1: US broadcast game on Twitch.
0: Thank you, Claire. This was the first available US broadcasted game on Twitch. And let me tell you if you thought there were going to be complications on a platform called Twitch, you're correct. It happened. Uh, many people were tuned in to try to take in this game. And then, of course, everybody collectively missed about the first 10 to 12 minutes of the match which was unfortunate uh, but we're gonna get into that and yeah the game. we're gonna get into that starting lineup and all that but prior to that last week when we recorded the episode we kind of hit everybody with a double pod episode we spoke a little bit about our feelings heading into the match we linked up with our homeboy uh jason over at plex weather to kind of Take a deeper dive into things we had a lot of fun with that Uh, but we recorded that obviously prior to any roster announcements announcements for the red stars so there were a few things that were missed a few moves that were made and we wanted to take this time before jumping into the match i think to react a little bit to some of the players who are going to be participating for the red stars within this fall series for them so We actually need to shout out really quickly Michelle Vasconcelos. There was a trade that was made, uh, a trade between the Red Stars and Utah Royals FC for what is being reported as $55,000 in allocation money for Michelle Vasconcelos. So the trade was a requested trade. Uh, She gets to return to her home state, be closer to family, something that she was looking for now that her daughter is getting a little bit older. And uh, she spoke a, a bit about thanking the Red Stars and her time here and um, wanting to have, you know, made a bigger impact, but that she's, you know, grateful for, for the time here. And then with that move the following day, the Red Stars went ahead and announced their roster going into the fall series. And it was a much smaller roster compared to the Challenge Cup. Uh, fewer names, uh, fewer numbers, right? But a lot of familiar ones so when we spoke with Scott Parkinson he's told us you know there's not a lot of new things there although we did see a new name on there so you've got uh, your typical midfielders your back line your typical forwards but the I want to maybe just talk about the new names Claire and some of the newer names that we're seeing in this roster for fall series that didn't make an appearance in challenge cup we're seeing somebody like uh, Danny Rhodes we're seeing somebody like Ariel Sharon, uh Cameron Bugalski, that we didn't get a chance to see, and a Kelsey Doherty as well. So we're excited about that. I know we were excited about seeing uh, Ariel Chevron on the roster. What were some of your reactions to this fall series roster?
1: Well, yeah, I want to. I mean, I maybe want to go back. I want <clears throat> to say something about the Vasconcelos trade because that you know, that was, you know, I think it was kind of funny last week when when Jason brought her up, um, because she was I think that both of us were just like, uh, I we don't we didn't know, like we didn't have an answer. And um I guess maybe we were just picking up the vibe that and we didn't know any I didn't know anything, but you you know, you can just kind of tell sometimes. And um, you know, someone like Vasconcelos I mean I do think that that the whole move was predicated on the idea of moving back to her hometown um but you know a, a player like that who you know was drafted by the team missed her first season um in her second season you know she was inconsistent um in her third season uh had a really good you know first month or so before she um had another season ending injury which she was working her way back from she was on very limited minutes during the challenge cup um, And I think that, you know, that's sort of, it's an interesting place to be with a player like that, where I think that they still very much believed in her potential and saw some of that paying off um, early 2019. But also, you know, when given an ask like that from a player, kind of flipping that into, um, you know, assets that you can use in the future. So I think that I think that that trade made sense. I think it was definitely too bad. I think that the money actually probably undersells, uh, Vasconcelos's ability, um, in the right program. But I think that in the context of the greater situation, it made a lot of sense. Um, and then I, you know, the thing that I was thinking about, you know, in terms of the roster and even in terms of the starting 11 for this game against the spirit is that. um, You know, I think that if you look at maybe a player like Sarah Lubert, I think that, you know, Chicago prides itself on being able to develop many players like Michelle Vasconcelos. And so they, them having the ability to kind of be gracious and and let her go um, comes from an institutional kind of um, belief that they can, you know, provide that same experience for a wide variety of players. Um, and then, yeah, I think that I do think that I was a little surprised is the wrong word. I was interested in the philosophy for the fall series. I think, um, if you think about the context of full contracts, um, you know, there were players that, you know, maybe played their full contract just for the challenge cup, or you had players that, um, you know, were part of that team and and made the top 28, but didn't quite crack, you know, the top 18 maybe. And, you know, I, I would think that in the context of these games, especially with the risk involved, I understand the team for some players being like, you know, just like sit tight and we'll revisit all of this next year. There's no reason for you to play in these games. So we didn't see, you know, didn't see uh, Cassie Rohan or Ella Stevens or Julia Bingham on this roster. Uh, And, and so I think that those kinds of names – I, I'm interested. I'd be interested to know if if that meant that there were injuries involved, um, or if everyone was just kind of sitting tight until next year, because these games are really just sort of adding more time to certain projects and also just doing further evaluations. So yeah. So you have Doherty, who is going to be the backup goalkeeper. Chicago is only riding with two. Um, You know, two of their backups are already out on loan. I'm not sure if they knew they were playing these games. If that would be true, Um, and then yeah, there was opportunities. There were opportunities for forwards. So we saw people like Ariel, Ariel Chavarin, and and Danny Rhodes get looks. And we don't know why those you know those players were not on the Challenge Cup roster. But it makes a lot of sense if you're going to get extra games to work those work them in and kind of see what they've got to give. And um, you know, I think with a lot of these players, uh, with a lot of these players, everything is like a big TBD. Right. And I don't know exactly what this means going into the expansion draft. Cause I, these are cup, these are like series rosters. These are cup rosters. I don't know at the end of this fall series, who's going to officially be on Chicago's roster. Um, to carry into the following year. But the thing that we also know about Chicago is that they do a lot of short-term deals and they do a lot of evaluation through the reserves and, and, and that sort of thing in training. So this is just kind of an extended look into that. Um, all of which to say, you know, lots of names on there that we recognized and we were like, yeah, of course. Um, and then you know, I, someone like Julie Ertz sitting it out makes a, also makes a lot of sense to me. I don't think she either needs minutes at this moment, nor can the team learn a lot from her. They, she's a known property at this point, I think. Um, so I think that, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna learn some stuff. And, and I said this last week, but I, I wish a little bit that there were more offensive players available, that there are fewer offensive players in Europe right now, because that's the big project. But moving into the game, um, I thought that the offense did a good job and did actually show progress. So um, I think it's the right roster. I think everyone on that roster has got a good attitude. I think they're ready to go. I think they've got the appropriate amount of intensity right now. And, yeah, it's a good vibe.
0: I I thought it was an interesting note for when they released this roster that we saw a player like – um, Ariel Chaverin, someone who we were excited that they had drafted in their NWSL draft back in January and seeing her listed as a midfielder uh, which she can play lower. So it's just, um, it really is just a yeah, testament. she went in.
1: She went in for Morgan it's just, It's just yeah. really
0: a testament to the times, man. <laughs> like looking yeah, at yeah. this fall series roster was just truly like, yeah, oh, that's right. It was just another reminder of the timeline that we're living in. Um, it's just a combination of some some of these players making the decision and have, having the conversations to head overseas, right, and continue their 2020 in other places. Some would say maybe safer places. Um, and then kind of seeing players get a shot because, voila, there happens to be some more NWSL soccer happening in 2020 um, but it was a short roster for them to have heading into this game because despite so many familiar f- uh, faces returning and that also includes uh, Aaron Wright yeah uh, who yeah. is coming back you know from from having her her son earlier this year um, she was a player amongst other players that were listed in the roster but um, as unavailable ahead of this match so you're talking about players who would basically be the starters you know what i mean so for for this match they were on the road headed out to virginia to take on washington spirit uh so they were going to be without aaron wright without sarah gordon without casey short turned davidson um and katie johnson as well Uh, so it's it was a smaller roster compared to some of the the, the roster sizes that we were seeing taking out to Utah for all the teams and then uh, even smaller considering some of the, the players that were unavailable ahead of this match. So it, it left a little bit to, to wonder like how we were going to see the Red Stars line up for their very first match in this uh, fall series. Uh, so, I mean, just taking note of... The, how this year is being utilized, you know, and as as a building year, as, as an opportunity to uh, evaluate, get players those minutes that maybe they wouldn't see in a typical, more traditional season. Um, I thought, based on that, we were probably going to see uh, a lineup that we ended up Coming, they ended up coming up to, to fruition uh, because we had basically seen the majority of these players get time throughout the Challenge Cup. And if they're going to keep building on what they were doing there, I thought this is probably how they're going to line up. So the Red Stars, they lined up as followed on this day against Washington Spirit. They had Alyssa net Zoe Gorowski, Hannah Davidson, Zoe Morris, Bianca St. George's on the back line. Vanessa DiBernardo, Morgan Bryan, Danny Colaprico, Sarah Luber, Kilia Watt, and Savannah McCaskill, who run out that starting 11. Claire, what were some of your initial impressions of in that roster? Well, they
1: only traveled with 14 people, so it really just seemed like the best available 11 that they had. Um, yep. They just did not take a lot of people uh, to that game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it, it made a lot of sense. I mean, it was definitely the vibe that we were getting. I know that Chicago trusts Morris and Davison a lot. I think that it's probably also good for the team to have Goralski get some time in one place. I think that using her less like a Swiss Army knife and more like actual outside back depth is is good. I think Biancas and George arguably is in the running for a starting spot on the outside. She's She does great. Um and I think that, yeah, and then the offense, you know, we knew that they weren't going to have a lot of forwards available. So um, having, having Lubert and Watt up top makes a lot of sense. And then they had McCaskill. It wasn't really a 4-4-2. They did line up kind of in sort of a lopsided four three three, where McCaskill wasn't really a forward, but she also wasn't really part of like a, 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 a midfield diamond or anything like that. She just kind of cut inside and, um, yeah, so basically what they did was they fit the formation to the personnel that they had available, and they had essentially ev- – so they had basically, like, four, four players that were, that were attacking players, and the four attacking players were McCaskill, Lubert, Watt, and DiBernardo, and then they had Colaprico and Gatra sitting further back. So it was, like, kind of like a 4-2, 2, two two something a little bit. Like it was, it was, it was four, four, two, one, one, two. I don't know, but um, they, it worked. I mean, I thought it was great. They were basically just kind of foregoing having, having um, natural lines and kind of trying to cut in and be malleable up top. And I think that um, there was a sense of purpose that we saw within that, that we hadn't seen for a while, so um, even though the formation was kind of weird, I think that the players knew exactly kind of what they were supposed to be doing, and, and they did a good job.
0: Yeah, I thought. Um, well, to start off the game, we'll never know. Just kidding. You can re. You can watch the replay if you if you need to watch the oh, replay. God.
1: Okay, I do need to say something about this though because <laughs> because so what happened. It was frustrating. I was grumpy. I was really grumpy for the first half because they. So what what they did was they just had the normal international stream running on NWSL official two, and they were like, "Oh, well, we can just host it from the official site, but it's geo blocked, so nobody in the U.S. or Canada could watch it because they didn't take off the geo blocking from the international stream." And so it was running for the people who normally watch it on Twitch, but not for any of the other people who were trying to watch it, which is just like, just troubleshoot it. Guys, test it beforehand. Just like do stuff. Uh, if they, it, I I had the thought that I was like, if if I was just a fan, I would have walked away from this game for at least the first half hour because I would have been like, I'll come back when you get this figured out. Um, but so that was frustrating to me. I also, this is, and this is particular, this is not a fan perspective, but from someone who is trying to speak intelligently about these games, the streaming quality on Twitch, you know, wasn't amazing and it made it difficult sometimes to, um, to know who was doing what, especially when it was the goal away from the camera and the commentary team was doing a lot of color commentary and not quite as much play by play. And all of that, if I was just watching casually, wouldn't bother me so much. But it's a particular kind of frustration when you're really trying to understand what's going on and, and you're having a lot of trouble. So, you know, I think the Twitch, the the first Twitch experiment went fine. They got the game out, you know, and and we've seen the value of Twitch even just you know in the in the rescheduled Cascadia rivalry game, and that it's so good that they have an outlet that they can put it on even when the game gets rescheduled. But um yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm giving. I'm giving Twitch an incomplete grade on, on this one.
0: I think that's fair. In 2020, that's more than fair uh, to give an incomplete. Looking, looking back, um, and just sort of, for a second there, it was funny because I feel like everyone sort of was just like, w- like waiting for somebody else to say something. Like everybody was like, right. mm, maybe this is me. Like, people actually blame themselves. Right. Well, I think also,
1: I think also, like, because, and this is my bad when I say, you know, I should do as I say, not as I do. I didn't, like, look to see where it was going to be before, like, clicking on Twitch. And then I was like, wait, it's not there.
0: Yeah, it was pretty funny. I was like, oh my God. There was, like, that that was funniest to be where people, like, thought for a moment, like, it's me in my connection. I'm the problem. No, you're not. You're perfect. You tuned in and you still stuck around even to watch this game. Uh, despite the hiccups, but the game eventually got underway and we got to see the red stars uh, take on this game and take on a Washington spirit side that I'm not going to front. I'm not going to sit here and say that. um, I was like nervous because soccer is fake this year and all sports are fake. And there's no, the concept of like fearing another team is not real this year. And, uh, but I, I did look at Washington spirit and wonder Uh, you know, if they were maybe going to hold a slight advantage in this match, just because it was their second match of this fall series, you know what I mean? Like you, they had something to build off of, right. In that loss that they had against sky blue. So I thought, well, maybe they're going to take their week and try to tweak some things, iron some things out, get their shit together, whatever, look at some tape and then maybe kind of take it to the red stars. But uh, watching this first half, that was definitely not the vibe at all. Uh, just to show love and respect, uh, the Spirit lined up as followed. They had uh, uh, Aubrey Bledsoe They had Dorian Bailey, Sam Staub, Paige Nielsen, uh, Natalie Jacobs, Jay uh, Bossier, uh, Bailey Feist, Maggie Dordie Howard, Katie McClure, Kumi Yokoyama, and Ashley Sanchez, just to run out there starting 11. And I thought, hey, pretty capable starting 11. A lot of players who saw match time uh in the prior week and yeah they were playing at home they didn't have to travel i thought they were gonna have that advantage where they could just kind of build up into their game day right and then just sort of be able to kind of roll out the way they wanted to roll out because just listening from some of the post game stuff from their players and their coaches from last week they were not happy with how they started their game so i was kind of expecting uh, them to kind of come off on that front foot, but what we saw in this first half is we saw Chicago really kind of take control and set the tempo in this match pretty early on, and it was really nice to see this sort of kind of free-flowing, more like fluid type of soccer being played from the Red Stars. It was very cool and I don't want to say uncharacteristic of them because it's been something that they've been working on but I felt for the personnel that they had out on the pitch on that day it was really nice to see out of that I mean you're talking about a lot of first-year Red Stars with like a core midfield that has familiarity with each other and like knows how to play so watching them complete their runs do these overlapping runs, checking where the other person was at times, like seeing the heads on the swivel, like looking. I really, really enjoyed that. I think one of the things you and I both were also looking at heading into this match was, you know, no, like uh, finally having it uh, be official that a player like Julie Ertz was going to voluntarily opt out, right? And we both were like, "That's fine. You don't need to evaluate Julie Ertz for any anymore." You I know, I think who she we is. we
1: know we know. How Julia Ertz can play.
0: Yeah, we know who she is, uh, what she is to the team, and what she brings and what she does. And uh, she's played a lot of soccer. And to be quite frank, she played a lot of Challenge Cup as well and uh, probably didn't need these games. So good for her. hope she gets a little vacation. Um, But it did leave that question i know in both our minds we're like who's going to be that yellow and pointer is somebody going to do both those things are two people going to take the responsibility and do one of each thing what's going to happen here but it just looked like the communication for the most part was really good on the pitch uh for the first half with with the red stars
1: yeah i think um i think going back to sort of what uh scott parkinson was saying to us a couple weeks ago i think that with in a way also it's good for the other players to have someone like Ertz not there or to have someone like casey short unavailable and um or even have sarah gordon unavailable where where it is a little bit just like okay so we need to kind of reevaluate who's running the show here um and i think what we saw uh, Vanessa DiBernardo was captain. I think I saw some questions about that on Twitter. That was Vanessa DiBernardo. She's second captain, I believe. Alyssa Nair's third, um, and so she 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 captained. And I think that what we saw was that the focal point, the focal point of the attack, really was the midfield, in a way that was not functioning as as how to like serve it serve the forwards you know and I think we actually still saw that in the challenge cup a lot where it seemed like it was the mid it was the midfield's task to like find the forwards which was the re, you know residual from stuff like with Kerr or even with press before that and then what we saw this weekend was that it was the forwards job To facilitate what Vanessa DiBernardo was trying to do, and then she had a lot of forward freedom. She and and she drifted, she drifted left a lot, um, especially in that first half. She and Watt and Luber all kind of were finding different spots in the middle of the field to the left of the field, and um, then you know, and so I think that that led to some unpredictability. And what Chicago was trying to do, I think it was hard for Washington's defense to track. Um, and then, yeah, like, so the spirit, you know, when the sp- when the spirit are having trouble, it's when they're, they're possessing, because that's what they do. They're always going to possess, but they have trouble doing stuff with it. And I thought that even the very, you know, the young back line did a good job putting out any fires in that first half. And I thought that um, – I think that Zoe Gorowski is a pretty dominating physical presence, um, on her side of the field. And that kind of led to that, that first goal. Um, and I just realized that actually all three goals, um, were, were scored from the exact same spot, um, which is interesting. But, um, so there was something about that side of the field that just was getting a lot of action. Um, so yeah, so it just turned out to be Watt on the left side who was able to make that end line run after being fed from McCaskill and and Lubert was there to finish it. And um, yeah, I think it was all really positive. I think that it was very different from some of the, the feudal, the feudal lobbing that we saw at the end of the, of the challenge cup final. And that was really nice to see.
0: Yeah. I want to give a little extra love to that opening goal for the red stars happened for them in the 26th minute. So to see them kind of – to see them just – I don't want to say dominate, but they definitely were in control, right, for large parts of that first half. And to have that goal come through for them in the 26th minute. And then, again, like you said, like watching all of this action kind of happen up on that left side, which I was particularly impressed with considering that they – we saw Khalil Watt in the nine a bit within this match and seeing, seeing that link up play and watching really watching that goal happen because of Savannah McCaskill and the work that she is really continuing to do. And, you know, the performances that she's continuing to put out on the pitch and just watching her make her runs, you know, utilizing the space given to her, Um, which I thought was very interesting because there were a lot, like a lot of moments where she would end up with the ball and the spirit were just, it was almost like they were like daring her to run. And I was like, do you not respect Savannah McCaskill? Okay. So she would run on him. And um, what I also really appreciated was having this type of playmaker in McCaskill and then seeing everyone else, Kind of continue their run as well. So we saw Savannah McCaskill feed this ball off right to Watt, and we gotta also give extra love on this goal as well because while we're not seeing, we haven't seen yet, right? Cleo Watt score the goal in a Red Stars jersey. We did see her get a uh, assist for the first time in this Red Stars jersey, and I love this because. Kalia Watt is a player who can potentially do some really cool things out wide, which is not something that we have typically ever seen come from the Red Stars. And we saw a very cool goal uh, happen with by a lot of great play out wide with Kalia Watt. She ended up getting this this ball from McCaskill, and then just served it in with her left, and I loved it. Like the like the precision on this. Cross like this ball that she sent it to the box. It was just like so crisp, man. And part of what I really loved about that was that initial run with the ball that McCaskill was making. Everyone else was following her in. So if you look back on this goal, multiple people are still following up into the box, even though the ball has been played out left. So you're talking players like you know Morgan Control yes, Sarah Lou who ended up getting the goal, Vanessa DiBernardo You're seeing bodies in the box, which was dope and it just happened to be uh you know rookie red star Sarah Luber getting that first goal out of Mizzou congratulations to her that was so so it was really cool to see that that first assist for McCaskill on a first goal uh for Luber and we saw them really just sort of kind of sink their teeth in right and like still maintain control for a little while
1: yeah and I mean I think speaking particularly to Watt you know I think we even saw in the challenge cup she can drag defenders. Like she can, that is a skill that she has and like can do pretty easily actually. Like she has the ability to draw space and, and to, to, to draw defenders to her and to maneuver around them. Um, It was always just kind of the final ball after that. Um, And so, you know, I think if you have a player who's maybe a little bit snake bit in front of goal, um, getting an assist like that, getting a pass in like that is really great because she wasn't going for goal there. She went in line and she sent it in and she trusted that people would be making the follow-up runs and and they were. Um, I'm not entirely sure in the Challenge Cup we would have seen so many players making that run. And and then also I think um, when you have someone like McCaskill who is also, you know, causing (laughs) – I'm foreshadowing causing a little bit of chaos in front of the box that also frees up someone like Morgan Gatra or like Vanessa Bernardo. Like they can trust her with the ball. So they don't have to always be like facilitating the next pass. They can be figuring out how are we going to get this on frame? And I think that that is a big, big, big step forward for, for the attacking midfield uh, in general.
0: I like that. Um, when you have a girl gang, sometimes you got people who talk a lot of shit and they're good at talking their shit because they walk that walk. But then you got other people who actually do like to fight. And I appreciate that Savannah McCaskill is gonna be the one to throw throw that punch.
1: (laughs) Indiscriminately, she'll throw it at anybody.
0: She'll throw it. She'll throw it. And you got players like DiBernardo and control. Like, that's cool. I wasn't really... I wasn't trying to get dirty. I'm not about about that. I wasn't trying to get dirty tonight anyway. (laughs) Yeah, right. You. you, girl. I got your back. Like, it's just one of those things. And we saw that happening. I really just feel like that's what we saw happening in this first half. Unfortunately, unfortunately, what we saw happen right after this goal was sometimes, you know, rule number one, you can't get high on your own supply, fam. Like, we saw some poor decision making happening after this goal, and it wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, soccer or tactical, like tactically related. Uh, there was some jawing that happened on the pitch, and and Savannah McCaskill ended up getting a yellow card for that. Uh, what which we found out sort of post game, right from from Rory Dames, who gave a little bit more insight to the fouls and the yellows that were issued in this match where there were plenty yellows that were issued in this match and and the Red Stars weren't the only ones that, that had earned some on this day. Uh, but there was a yellow card that was issued initially for Savannah McCastle. Then there was a backup yellow card that was a back-to-back yellows for, for a player like Maggie Doherty who is kind of their heavy hitter in, in their midfield right now for the spirit um, in light of not having a player like Andy Sullivan or losing someone like Roosevelt. To Manchester City, so post goal there was some some action for sure, uh, but that didn't stop the Red Stars from from their game plan and executing what they were trying to execute, which I really really enjoyed seeing. I mean, we saw a player like Leah Watt still be aggressive in front of goal, uh, taking her shot, uh, forcing you know forcing Audrey Bledsoe to to make some saves. Savannah McCaskill still being very very active on this ball. Uh, We saw the Red Stars being able to play into wide spaces and then try to serve in these balls and have watching people continue their runs, which again, I I cannot emphasize this enough, was just really dope to see. Um, Something that almost feels a little bit foreign in a year like 2020, where it's so difficult to establish chemistry, right? There has been so much, starting and stopping and restarting again and pausing and pumping the brakes where it's so difficult to get into a flow of things and a chemistry of things so to see the red stars kind of play the way they played in this first half um in the year that they've kind of had was was pretty promising and um of course like all things in 2020 that got shut down Uh, because there was a really poor foul and a poor decision that was made in the 42nd minute just before halftime. Already sitting on a yellow, Savannah McCaskill going uh, very hard into a challenge, uh, getting more player than anything else. And a second yellow was issued immediately. Second yellow leads to a red, and she was gone for the rest of the match. And the Red Stars found themselves having to – manage a game with only 10 players and it was there's hydration breaks in the fall series so there's additional stoppage time that's that's added on to these halves so while she was issued the red card in the 42nd minute there were still like what maybe eight or so minutes left to play in in that first half and the red Stars actually still kind of closed things out uh in that first half like despite going down a player they still relatively remained you know retained control so it was interesting watching them going to halftime wondering where they were going to go with their game plan in the second half um what were some of your thoughts heading into halftime claire like did you think they were gonna make like a bunker down for like 50 plus minutes to try to close this thing out well i mean
1: i didn't see i didn't I didn't see McCaskill get her first red card i'm not I haven't gone back to the stream. I don't know if anybody saw McCaskill get her first red card or not red card her first yellow card. um I don't know why that happened. obviously, dames had his own take on it um they said on the stream that the ref was officiating his first n w s l game They made a joke that he was younger than most of the players on the field. It was kind of funny that they highlighted that before. <laughs> before you know he he did some officiating um you know you can't do what McCaskill did like we're not going to sit here and pretend that that was like a good tackle or that you know it, it was an or I mean I think even that second yellow was an orange it was a bad tackle um And, you know, you can argue about the first yellow card all day, but at the end of, you know, at the end of it, like, you can't do that. You can't do that. She wasn't, Bailey wasn't even in that dangerous a place on the field. The team, like they had been, you know, I think that it was just, there had been a giveaway. It was, you know, it, (laughs) it was something where Chicago lost the ball and, and McCaskill then worked very hard to try to get it back. And, um, you know, it, it was frustrating. I was frustrated because Chicago had looked so good in the first half. And in a game where the results don't matter, it felt especially disappointing because, you know, if, if, the, if it was like, oh, Chicago needs to hold on for a point or Chicago needs the win here, maybe you can find some other narrative in this. But Chicago didn't need to get a point and they didn't need to win the game and so what they needed to do was like develop play and play well and not have to defend with 10 people for 45 minutes and so it was something where if the construct of this entire series is for product and not for result um well i was like i was like damn like the result doesn't matter i don't care who wins this game like i'm bummed that now we're not going to get to see more cool things from the red stars. Um, And so that was very frustrating to me. I, you know, I, I actually, like I respect how the red stars might feel about the officiating. Um, That's fine, but you can't make that second tackle. You got to think. And then for me as a person watching the game, which again, the result doesn't matter. I wasn't watching for the result. I was watching for like a good performance you know, the rest of the game became a lot less interesting to me. So, um, that was mostly my thought process, which was like, I, you know, it'd be great if they can defend, I guess, but we know the red stars can defend. We're not going to learn anything from the red stars defending. I wanted something more interesting than that. So I think that, um, yeah, Yeah, no, so I, agree. I, so I was just I disappointed.
0: Think, I agree. I, I think, um, Having a player like McCaskill be sent off in light of literally everything she was doing in the first half was disappointing, I think, for all those reasons that you mentioned. Not so much so that it was not just because it's like, oh, that was a poor decision and that was a very hard tackle and challenge. Like, yes, that's a given. You could see that on the replay and make that make that conclusion for yourself, it's, it's the everything else that comes after it. It's the stopping momentum. It's the forcing your entire team to, you know, tasking them with moving forward down a player, forcing them into positions that maybe they didn't foresee themselves having to go through within this very first fall series match, right? It's all that stuff that was, that was frustrating. Although, credit to the Red Stars, watching them... In the first fifteen twenty minutes of that second half, was still so pretty dope. I mean, you're talking right out of the gate. Kalia Watt charging again, like she kind of—it's we saw her kind of take on a little bit of that extra role that that playmaking that a player like Savannah McCaskill was contributing in that first half. Like you saw her working a little bit harder because she kind of had to missing that extra component to the attack. And right out there we saw, you know, she, she got out on the wing. She won a free kick, you know, um, Dorian Bailey was issued a yellow card. Again, there were definitely yellows issued in this match y'all. Um, and the red stars for the most part, we actually didn't see them uh, get into a defensive shell. They didn't shift um, organizationally and, and decide to to bunker in. And I liked that. It was very cool to see the rest. Our sort of take a look at their first half, take a you know relook at their game plan, and say, well, we were already playing uh, pretty fluidly and making making our runs when we needed to make them. This game is just way more open now and let's embrace that. And it was great to kind of see them still do that. We saw them still kind of press for a goal. Uh there were a couple opportunities where maybe they could have actually got one pulled ahead. And uh you know, but unfortunately, again in this year, it's very very difficult one for so many players who are going through the ups and downs of it and unfortunately All those good vibes, right, and all that good play that they were establishing eventually is maybe going to feel heavy on those legs, right? And I think that's probably what we ended up seeing down the stretch. We saw Washington Spirit get an equalizer uh, in literally in the 70th minute. Uh, The Red Sox had made it past the hour mark. Um, We just saw really just bodies bodies in the box. You just saw a Washington Spirit side finally just kind of – overload things and very similarly a you know we we saw the ball get into the box and then we saw a player just you know we saw um it was Bailey Feist who ended up just kind of it was this weird kind of toe poke shot she just literally got her foot on it and then ended up just sailing past uh Alyssa Nair and so it ended up they ended up equalizing in the 70th minute you just kind of saw like well okay like we kind of felt like well whatever happens in the next 20 minutes might might kind of cancel out um some things and and it's fine um we got a a very entertaining and i think very promising 70 minutes in this match
1: yeah i mean i was just very serious about all of it but it was funny too like (laughs) it was also just kind of funny i you know i think you know you can take a you can i said i said my serious piece but also like i don't know it was good banter online there were some good tweets about it that gif of uh of mccaskill you know, decking Bailey, you know, you can laugh cause, cause Bailey's okay. But, um, like, I think that, you know, it, it was funny. It was funny that it happened. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, honestly, if the spirit hadn't have come back, I would have been really worried about the Washington spirit. I think that the yeah. fact that just the fact that Chicago was able to kind of comfortably hold on for the first 20 minutes of the second half like i was honestly yeah. a little bit just like washington like what are you doing guys like yeah they're that, weird
0: uh they're, yeah. they're, they've looked a little off opening their hat yeah, right two matches but um
1: and so you know, know, I, podcast. yeah i know i know but but <laughs> you know i think that you can only you can, in in these sorts of things you have to comment on the other team but um no, the equalizer was coming. I think that Chicago made it to about the 70th minute, and then just they really, really started to struggle. Um, and they just also didn't have a very deep bench. They only traveled with 14, one of which was a goalkeeper. So um, they just didn't have that much to give. Uh, so, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the first goal was the both goals. Neither goal was like – you know, an, a, a huge, you know, disappointment or whatever. I think it was a bummer that Chicago couldn't get out with a point just because I felt like the 10 players that played the, you know, most of the match, um, deserved that for their work rate. But also I don't, I don't rate it that highly. I'm not crushed yeah. by it
0: again, guys. It's, it's a uh, bonus soccer. We're in the bonus soccer portion of 2020 and, um, yeah, like I said, sure, winning is nice, but looking cool is so much more important in a year like like 2020. Um, it was good to see a player like Morgan Control be able to go, uh, you know, 80-plus minutes, um, watching a player like Danny Colaprico continue doing what she does. I mean, these are two players who, again, we're talking about Red Stars who prior to giving up an equalizer and even kind of post-giving up that equalizer – doing some things to try to create some chaos in front of goal. Well, they almost and, like, pulled so ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they almost pulled ahead making with, with those subs of their own, you know, we saw, we got to see a player like Ariel Chevron sub, and she came on for, for Morgan Gattrall. We saw Danny Rhodes come on for, for Sarah Lubert and um, the fresh legs did some things, you know, we, we saw Kalia Watt <laughs> doing, doing the Kalia Watt things that she does. And, and we saw, she nearly could have got maybe that first assist and a first goal in this game. She had, it took a great shot from distance, forcing Bledsoe to make a save is like a weird off the post shot. And we saw again, another great run. We saw Danny Rhodes in the right place in the right time. She had to continue to run, try to get a foot on it. Um, but a great reaction save from uh, Bledsoe kept things um, equal, but Spirit also had some subs of their own. They made some great subs. They had uh, Crystal Thomas come in, and um, she contributed to uh, what ended up being the the game-winning goal for, for Washington Spirit. We saw Scarpa put it away, and it was a 90th minute stoppage time, of which there were eight minutes of stoppage time because, yes, hydration breaks and also some some tired legs and injury stoppage time that was added so uh the eight extra minutes uh, allowed for the game-winning goal to come for Washington Spirit and uh that was all she wrote we saw the Red Stars go in and and open their fall series with a good what what do we say like hour to 70 minutes of of some very uh new era soccer I think we're going to refer to it as some just some really good movement and just really nice to see I think something that we were maybe kind of looking for, uh, with challenge cup, but you know, unfortunately this is just like the goofy year that it is. It's just really hard to, to watch a team kind of just get into, get into the vibe. Uh, but you're also,
1: we're, we're also just not going to see the red stars at full strength this year. We're just not, you yeah, know, and that's the other have- thing that, and I, and I know that it's, it's like an obvious thing to say, but I do feel the need to, to just keep saying it because I think that there are some teams that are maybe a little bit more vocal about, who they're missing than other teams and um you know Chicago just didn't you know hasn't had any of those blockbusters you know everyone's leaving the Red Stars kinds of things but you know like I think that during the Challenge Cup one of the natural things to talk about especially as as it progressed was that this wasn't the Red Stars at their best and we're not going to see the Red Stars at their best during this either so um you know Chicago is not they are not like a a cult-like team that desires to be feared, you know, that's not their vibe. So they're not losing anything by kind of figuring stuff out during this time. You know, I think that for a team like North Carolina or Portland, I think they might stress getting some results a little bit more, but um, yeah, I just think that it's all, it's all fine. I don't think anyone walked away from that game against Washington being like, oh no, is Washington better than Chicago? No, you know, it was it was just kind of a weird game.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't and I don't know. I think I wanna just challenge people if that's a vibe you're going with in regards to sports this year. You should maybe you should maybe kind of Yeah,
1: don't do it to yourself. Don't, don't
0: do that to yourself, guys. This is not the year to do that. Uh this is definitely the year of not having expectations, guys. Don't do don't do it. Um yeah, I uh as someone who's not gonna have them, I'm gonna again just choose to feel good about what we saw and I still do and I'm looking forward to uh, you know seeing the red stars maybe put together some things once again against uh, a sky blue team that look like they're having some fun as well so the red stars are going to host sky blue fc uh, next weekend sunday They make their return to play a professional game at SeatGeek Stadium in Bridgeview, Illinois, and they will face off against Sky Blue, who actually did win against Washington Spirit. And um, we got to see Mitch Purse uh, play up top. Don't know if that's what they're going to be going with again. I think it would be wise for them to do so. Um, Mitch Purse makes that whole team better when she's up top. And we also got to see about 20, 30 minutes of Mallory Pugh who somehow made Midge Purse look even stronger when she came on. So it'll be an interesting game. Uh, I think that Sky Blue is probably going to face a little bit of a differently defensive minded team when they go up against a squad like the Red Stars in Seat Geek. And uh, we also have to pay attention to see who will actually be available, right? For the Red Stars side of things. Um, What are you looking for in this game, Claire?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, considering that this is kind of a whole made-up deal, I I wouldn't – you know, I don't know this, but I would would think maybe there might be some players that Chicago didn't think it was worth sending to travel last week that might make the 18 this week. Um, It's a lot easier to do from home. Um, You know, and I think – Yeah, I mean, it's very silly that Savannah McCaskill is not going to be available. I mean, I understand how the rules work, but it's just whatever. Like, it's just hard to analyze when you're missing a player like that. But um, what would I like to see? I mean, yeah, I think it is going to be – I think that they're probably going to drill the defense a lot. I think that they're going to – they know just how cutting that Sky Blue offense can be, and I think they're going to even want to get exposed a little bit and see how the defense responds. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I don't think I would say that in the way that I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure that we're going to see like a full strength Chicago. I'm having trouble imagining how it gets better than what we saw in the first half of this Washington game. I really thought they did pretty well. Like I, when it comes to improvements, I mean, sure. It'd be great to have injured players, available but i also think that you just got to kind of run with the vibe that you got a little bit too and um yeah i don't know i mean i think i think as always i would like to see kaylee watt turn her activity into score sheet material i guess is maybe the next step i would want to see
0: yeah i think we're just gonna both still be looking for that to happen for her We're we like i think it's fair to say we both like watching what she's been bringing to the red stars in this really kind of weird year and um yeah if she gets a goal that'd be awesome and if she gets another assist honestly that yeah that'd be really great yeah that'd be yep. pretty dope too for sure um just seeing her fully immersed and like integrated within you know that top line i think is is a plus Um, so we'll we'll be looking for that absolutely and you know just as a wild card again we're not too sure what what the vibe is going into this game in terms of personnel but you know if Aaron Wright is back even just as part of the training squad uh, training squad or practicing squad um, but if she is able to get any type of minutes I'm going to say that that's going to be a pretty awesome day so for sure we'll be we'll be looking for for all kinds of stuff there and uh we'll be back with everyone you know next week to to recap that game as well um in the meantime claire where can people find us if they want to engage with us
1: yeah um follow follow the the podcast on on twitter and you know i think we're posting a lot of stuff on there and think last week we did content at least what four out of four out of the five days of the week and more stuff to come this week and yeah so subscribe to the patreon
0: follow southside trap on twitter it's kind of all i got yeah guys i mean we like uh like all things this year everything's been challenging and, uh, you know, we decided 2020 was a good year to, to launch a patron and we're still really happy that we went ahead and made that choice. We've been able to grow uh, a patron base that is very, very dope, uh, very cool and supportive. And we appreciate all of you. Uh, thank you for engaging with us and giving us feedback when we ask for it. Uh, If for whatever reason you're out there and and you're having a tough year as well as so many others and you can't find a tier that works for you, we totally understand. Uh, Just to echo, you can still continue your support of the Southside Trap Podcast by following us on all social media channels. Like twitter instagram and facebook at southside with one letter p and you can go ahead and find us on streaming services like anchor spotify and itunes so go ahead and give us a find give us a like subscribe rating review that stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we're trying to produce chicago red stars content for you so just stick around with us guys and uh just really honestly take the time in this year to just enjoy being part of a community we really need that in a year like this. Also, go Sky. Man, Chicago Sky, shout out to them. We got to show them some love. Go Sky. we tune out, there is going to be WNBA playoff basketball, and there will be a Chicago team representing. So here's to the Sky being able to uh, be on the better side of that one-off playoff. Uh, hopefully they do well, and knowing us, we'll probably do a little chatter about that as well sometime next week, no matter which way. So everybody continue to you know be safe make good choices please wear your mask wash your face wash your hands wash everything and uh you know continue your support of black life and we will be here for you and for the red stars next week everybody be well.